Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. All right, Paul. How do they get a hold of us? You can reach us at technicalservice at carbaline.com. You can also catch us on the chat on the website. Make sure you see that little box there and click on it and it says, do you need any help finding anything that you're looking for? And one of my uh, helpful tech service engineers will be right there to help guide you through the process. And that's one of the things we kind of want to touch base on. We touched on it last week that the whole reason this podcast exists is so that we can be a valuable resource to you, our listener, whether you're a Carboline sales rep, one of our customers, or you're just in the industry. We feel like what we are trying to do is not only pass along information, but pass along contacts that we have that know information as well. And that's why you've seen throughout the years we've had on different uh, professionals from different companies, whether it's uh, hold tight borchers, we've had uh, some robot guys on and all kinds of drone people and and all those things just to further your guys' knowledge of what's out there in the industry and know who to come to when you have that real problem. That's right. Sometimes, you know, when you think about tech service or, or a technical person, there's a little intimidation factor in a lot of cases. And we want you to know we're approachable. We're normal guys, down to earth, really approachable, easy to talk to. And we want you to feel comfortable giving us a call, reaching out, you know, using the chat, using an email, whatever you're comfortable with. We're here to help and help to be able to just make everybody's project go more smoothly and be better informed and better educated in what it is that we're doing. And in that spirit, we want to bring on good resources that we have. And this week is no different. We're bringing back our old friend, Brian Cheshire from Carboline. He's the market manager for water and wastewater. He's had many positions throughout the industry, and he really knows the water and wastewater market really well. Brian, how's it going? How you doing well, Jack? And thank you guys for having me back. And I tell you, it's, it's a fitting time with WebTech Connect uh, this week that Carboline is exhibiting at, premier shows in the water wastewater market. And I tell you, it's hard to believe that, you know, we're already here in October and, and the show is already here because, you know, that date when it was announced seemed like so far away. And I don't know if it's just the all the stuff going on in the world right now, you know, with all the all the different craziness that has put us in some sort of distorted reality where it seems like time has just gotten away from us. And Jack, to, to add on top of all of that, this last week we got the news that keeping up with the Kardashians has been canceled. So yeah. um, 2020 could get any worse. Is Brian given a little insight into Jack's television watching habits here? I, Is that what we're getting? <laughs> I can honestly say I've seen 30 seconds maybe of that show so then maybe brian's given us a peek into his yeah tv I mean, watching habits i still know the kardashians as oj simpson's lawyer mostly <laughs> and yeah be mad at oj yeah. uh, like yeah. that's you know anyway brian let's talk just real quickly about web tech before we get into this week's topic it's different this year we're going virtual but that doesn't mean it has to be different, right? We're still we're still booking one-on-one meetings right. with attendees so that they can come and ask us any questions about our products, right? Yeah, it's definitely a different format this year. I mean, there is opportunity still for that same conversations that you would have if you were in person. But this time, it's more or less set up on interest level as far as different topics, some diligent work to try to connect different individuals with some of the particular companies 
they can address some of the questions that they have and then some of their concerns. With this whole virtual format, everybody is having to adjust and kind of pivot. But, you know, we're, we're excited to be a part of this. And we've got some interesting new tools that we're coming out with and some different ways to illustrate some of the different coding and lining technologies that we have and how those can help solve some issues in the water wastewater market. This really was, as I was seeing the format of how this was going to go for this conference, it's really got a unique twist to it in that it may help Sometimes, you know, you get people at these conferences that are maybe a little hesitant to actually approach the booth or actually hesitant to ask the question that they have in mind. But this virtual format may make those people more confident to be able to ask the question and and actually get really good information. This may turn out to be a really good alternate communication method from the in-person conferences that we've had forever. Well, sure. And so as we look at this, you know, the last time we had Brian on, we talked about the different ways that corrosion can occur throughout a wastewater system. We talked about the primary collection and the lift stations and the primary treatment and secondary treatment. We talked about all those things and the forms of corrosion that they come and how most of those systems usually are concrete because we looked specifically last time at SSPC guide 27, which was specifically about concrete and wastewater. But Brian, I think we want to get into where some of these different coating technologies are used. So where's a good place to start? Yeah. So um, now to your point, Jack, you know, really the one thing we didn't touch on was some of the different coating types that are used in a water or wastewater facility. And there's really, you know, several generic types that I'd like to discuss today and talk about some of the pros and cons of each. Here we are again, Paul. We're Coming up on October, and we're going to be at WebTech. Well, kind of. We're going to be virtually at WebTech from October 5th through 9th. Make sure you go in there. There's a thing called Power Hours, and you can meet with a coding expert from CarbLine to talk about whatever your situation is and ask questions and learn about products. And that's Power Hours at WebTech. Uh, that's October 5th through 9th. If uh, you do that, you can ask us about a certain product, Paul. Yeah, one of the main products we'll be talking about is Reactamine 760. Basically, you're looking at a hybrid plural technology that has great microbiological induced corrosion, MIC for those of you on the know, and uh, hydrogen sulfide protection. Yeah. So ask them about it when you get there. Absolutely. It is also certified for NSF ANSI standard 61, so you can use it for potable water as well. And it will also be NSF 600 certified when that rolls around January 1st, 2023. Exactly. That's Reactamine 760 and uh, WebTech. Thanks. So let's go ahead and start with probably the most common generic type that everybody knows about that really uh, not all are created equal because there's uh, different solids level within them and, and et cetera, but that would be epoxies. Brian, give us a little bit about epoxies and wastewater treatment. So these are the most widely used materials, you know, especially on the lining side. And when you say the term epoxy, and I know Paul can attest to this with the chemistry background, but there are multiple types. So, you know, first off, a chemist has different resin types to pick from. Anything from a from a bisphenol A to a bisphenol F to a Novolac. And you've got basically varying degrees of you know chemical resistance, flexibility, different physical features with each of those selections. And then couple that with there's multiple hardener types that you can use. Anything from polyamides to amines, cycloaliphatic amines, and the list goes on and on. It's almost an unlimited combination of of ways that you can make hybrid resin technologies to be able to suit exactly what it is that you're looking to do. And that's why so often when you look at a specification, 
you'll see a phrase that's used. And if you're just trying to blindly cross it over, you may actually have to look it up and go, okay, so I've seen this word before. What makes up that resin word? Because a lot of times they're used to describe a hybrid technology that's been created. So it really is a, a wide, wide range of options. Oh, definitely. And, you know, like with any selection, there's pros and cons. Some of the pros of using epoxies, especially in lining situations, is you know, these are fairly moisture tolerant materials and can generally be applied at very heavy film thicknesses. You know, and, and a lot of the newer formulations are 100% solids. So you're going to get the benefits of you know, very low to no odor. Flexibility in application, meaning, you know, there's so many different formulations. Some are p- applied via plural component spray. There's some that can be applied with, with a standard airless, you know, single leg airless. They can have additives mixed to them and can be traveled on. Sure. Uh, Brian, why don't you talk about polyurethane use in the water wastewater treatment? Yeah, yeah, definitely, Jack. And, um, you know, there's there's different considerations there that, that you definitely have to look at. And, you know, kind of going back to the last time I was on here, talking about all the different corrosion, corrosion mechanisms and some of the things that have made those more aggressive. You know, we you definitely have to consider a certain level of performance and you know, things sure. like, you know, low permeability and adhesion and, you know, having a very chemical resistant lining. With aromatic polyurethanes and polyurethane hybrids, you, know, you get some different pros there. You know, you, you're going to have a lot higher elongation than epoxies. Um, and then your film thicknesses. You know, I, I mentioned that epoxies can be applied at heavy film thicknesses. Well, polyurethanes can be applied even heavier than epoxies. They can generally be applied in lower temperatures. Several of the other major benefits would be the fact that these are very fast cure and very fast return to service is one that comes up a lot. And then, you know, going back to the elongation properties of it, it works well for some crack bridging, you know, and with epoxies, you don't get some of those features. Sure. And that flexibility makes it great for concrete. And like we talked the last time you were on here, so much of this is concrete. That's right. You know, I always thought it was funny. One of our potable water linings, it's 100% polyurethane, aromatic polyurethane, polyurea hybrid. You can get it back into service for potable water in about four hours. And I frequently have had people ask me, can we get in any faster? I just have to shake my head and say, (laughs) how are you going to get out of the tank faster? If it was any faster, you'd be swimming before it happened. But it's just one of those that that this is something that's been able to bring to it, where with normal epoxies, that cure time, we're typically looking at days. Sure. Three days, five days, seven days. Typically, you measure it in days. But when we look at these aromatic polyurethanes, we're talking about hours. And it's usually the same day you can get it back into service. So it really is a huge increase in production rate and return to service times. Sure. And then there's the cousins of the polyurethanes, which are the polyureas. Brian, you want to touch base on the polyureas and some advantages and disadvantages of there? Yeah, sure thing, Jack. So and let me kind of preface this by saying there, there's multiple types of polyureas and different formulations. But speaking about them in a, in a pure generic sense here, I mentioned earlier that the, the polyurethane linings have very fast return to service. Well, you know, we're talking hours with it. Polyureas, on the other hand, you're talking really minutes. I mean, this is a instant cure material and can be turned back to service extremely fast and can be applied at, you know, 250 plus mils. You're talking, I mean, extremely high film build here. And, you know, the fact is with that, that flexibility and elongation, you also get another added benefit of having you know, very good abrasion resistance. 
Definitely. And part of that comes from the thicknesses at which you can apply these polyureas. Not only do you have the good abrasion resistance, but it's going to take you an eternity to wear through that stuff. We talked about some major advantages of the polyurethane and polyurea technologies, but let's, you know, they're very sensitive to moisture, Brian. So can that cause a problem with your water wastewater? No, by all means, Jack. A lot of the surfaces that you're having to code and line in these situations are going to be damp. They're going to be below grade in some instances. So often you're going to have to address that with some sort of primer first uh, to be able to hold back some of that moisture. Otherwise, you're going to end up with not just a failure in one spot, but more than likely you're going to get the whole film peeling off in, in sheets, you know, but because that is the one drawback of these is, you know, that they are fairly sensitive to moisture. And what you referred to just there is a question that comes up frequently in the tech service is when a coating peels off. And usually what you're looking at in those scenarios is a very high cohesive strength within the material. So when you're applying something at 80, 100, 200 mils, there's a lot of material there and you have really good cohesive strength, which frequently outweighs the adhesive strength of the product. So the ability of it to stick to the surface is less than the ability of it to stick to itself within itself. Definitely. And keep in mind what makes them so sensitive to water is the curative because it reacts insanely with water. You know, if you go back to our tank lining series where we talked about functionality and reactivity with the doctor, absolutely. You realize that when that water reacts with the isocyanate, now there's no room for that isocyanate to react with the part A. And that's where it weakens the physical properties because basically you no longer have the product that you intended to put down anymore. Right. So Brian, thanks again for coming on. I think we covered it. I think before we let you go, though, I would be remiss if I didn't say, could you give a few examples of Carboline products that fit into these categories that are great for water, wastewater? Yeah, no, no, by all means, Jack. So going back to epoxies, consider products, you know, such as your Plasat 4500 series, even your Plasat 4550 series, and for some of your more aggressive chemical exposures. And then on the epoxy mortar side, Plasat 5371, which, which holds up well in those aggressive exposures. And then last but not least, you know, phenylalanine tank shield. This is a, a very versatile lining that can be used in water tanks, water treatment, and, and even in some of the spots in wastewater treatment. And, you know, kind of, kind of talking about generic type, I'm looking at polyurethane linings, um, our reactamine 760, and then our 760 HB, you know, which is going to be your even more high build version of it. Both have a very long-standing track record in these exposures, and as as Paul alluded to earlier, you know they have a very fast return to service. So, so some definite benefits there, you know, along with some of the other ones that I touched on earlier. And then lastly, if you're looking for a polyurea and want to take advantage of some of the features that those provide you with Reactamine ET, you get a lot of those benefits and characteristics that are indicative of polyurea linings. So. What we're basically saying is there's a lot of stuff that really goes into this. And if you are subscribed to this podcast, like you all should be, and you're getting this in a timely manner, you are going to be able to reach out to Brian and a lot of the Carboline experts at WefTech and to be able to sign up to get your slot to be able to talk to these guys one-on-one. Absolutely. Well, Brian, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right. And for the rest of you guys, we'll see you next week. And so... For the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like like to to thank thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline?
I say Kabbalah.